If you'd remain standing, please, for our gospel reading, which comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 21 through 28. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's good to be here with you all this morning. I want to take a minute and just thank you for welcoming Brad Reeves. For those of you that were here last Sunday, um, who was our guest preacher, I'm so appreciative for him and for others who are willing to occasionally come and lead worship so that I can be out for a Sunday. Uh, like I shared in the announcement video last week, uh, Katie turned 16 a couple of weeks ago, and so we went to Oklahoma City uh, where we went and watched the Oklahoma Thunder play basketball, which I've never been to an NBA game, and if you haven't, it's, um, there's always something going on. And then uh, part of the reason we went to is uh, University of Oklahoma Volleyball, without wading into the Big 12 thing, was hosting University of Texas, who was also the number one team in the country. And without spending a lot of time talking about volleyball, it's really obvious to watch a team when they're the number one team in the country come play, because holy cow, they were good. Um, so uh, also just thank you to all of you uh, for the week before, November 6th, again for Pastor Appreciation, Jennifer, the SPRC, and everyone else uh, who helped make the breakfast special and wrote a card and a note, and I just, I just want to thank you. Uh, this morning we're going to be wrapping up our time that we've been spending this fall in the Sermon on the Mount from the Gospel of Matthew, where Matthew writes uh, that Jesus delivered this Sermon on a Mountain from fa uh, chapters 5 through 7. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, if you remember, Jesus is instructing his followers on what it means to be a follower of him. And basically, in a very, very, very generalized summary, he says, basically, how we're to be together, how we're to live together, how we're to be faithful to God, how we're to be the community in being in ministry and in relationship with each other. And then Jesus talks about how we are to live righteously in response to him and in response to his grace. And so he does so by comparing his followers to people like the Pharisees. He does so by comparing his followers to the, to the Gentile pagans that are also living around them. And he does so and tries to get our eyes pointed to him and to get his listeners pointed to him. As I was reading this week a summary on the Sermon on the Mount, one of the commentaries that I've been reading, they had this quote from this preacher. Sinclair Ferguson that says, Jesus did not preach the Sermon on the Mount in order to be admired for his homiletical skills. He preached it to produce obedience. Okay, so homiletical is just a really fancy word for preacher. So he did not preach this sermon to show people his skills as a preacher, but he preached this sermon so that you and I might find and hear and decide that in being a follower of him, we have to be obedient to him. 
And so he's saying Jesus is preaching these words not to be admired, but he's preaching these words so that there will be a change in the heart of those who hear them, and that the response from that change of heart will be obedience. And so after Jesus has spent all of this time, it's taken us, I mean, we've been doing this for since August. Um, Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with today's verses by really saying and recapping the choice or the decision that you and I have and that everyone who hears his words had in deciding what they were to do after they'd heard them. And so as he's gone on, he's talked about how there's a wide path and how there's a narrow path. And he does so again in basically laying out to his followers that in everything that he has said, there's still a choice that they have to make. And we have to choose whether we act, we have to choose whether we change our hearts, we can choose to listen and allow every, or we can choose to allow, uh, to remain everything the same. I mean, what Jesus is saying today is he's reminding these listeners and he's reminding us as he's gone through all of these things is he's saying there's no middle when it comes to being a follower of him. There's not a middle in choosing to be a partial follower of Jesus Christ. You're either all in or you're all out. And he's doing this to spur those who are listening on, to spur us on. To become more fully devoted followers of him who do more than just listen. Because he wants. Because God wants fully devoted followers whose hearts have been changed. Because of their faith in God, their faith in Jesus, their acceptance of his grace and his forgiveness. And so then there's a response or or the reaction to their response and the fruit that we bear is obedience. And so today he's laying it out. Because what he's really saying to to those that are listening is he's saying, if you're planning to listen to me and not really change your life and just think that if you go through all the motions without really having it affect your heart, then he's, he's saying you need to rethink what you're doing, isn't he? So he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will get into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. On the judgment day, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and expel demons in your name and do lots of miracles in your name? Then I'll tell them, I've never known you. Get away from me, you people who do wrong. Okay, so first, these aren't easy words to read, are they? Because what Jesus is saying is he's saying you have to make sure you're authentic in the way that you're choosing to follow He's saying we have to evaluate, we have to practice self-examination in thinking about the way that we have chosen to live, the way that we have chosen to follow, whether or not our hearts have really been changed by the faith that we profess, by the worship that we offer, and by the the way that we try to live out uh, being a follower of Him. And so really, when he's saying, have you, have you conducted some, some examination of yourself and of your faith, what he wants us to do is to ask ourselves, do I know Jesus? And then he goes beyond that by saying, you also need to ask yourself, does Jesus know me? Because isn't that what he says at the end of that, that verse that I just read? He says, you know, I'll tell them I've never known you. Because Jesus wants us to look at our lives and our faith and to evaluate our fruit. 
He wants us to see if our fruit that we bear leads others to knowing Him, to, to worshiping Him, to, to experiencing Him. He wants us to look at ourselves and our lives to ensure that our actions, that our decisions, that our worship lead to a change of heart that leads to others knowing God as we ourselves know God and that leads to Jesus knowing us. So we have to be careful reading this passage. So what Jesus is not saying is saying, he's not saying that your fruit saves you. So he's not saying if you live a good life and if you help other people and if you, uh, you know, try to do your best not to hurt or offend others, that that's going to cause you to be saved. Because what he does say is you have to have that change of heart that comes by being a follower of him. And so you could read this scripture and think, well, what Jesus is really saying is just we just need to, to do things. We need to practice actions. But no, what he's telling us is to ask the question, does my life and do my actions reflect the change that, occur in my, that have occurred in my heart? Is there evidence? Is there fruit? And have I done more than just profess Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Because he's causing us to ask ourselves the question, do I know Jesus, but more importantly, does he know me? Because God looks for our evidence. Jesus looks for our evidence in the way that, that we choose to live, in the way that we choose to worship, in the way that we choose to, to engage others and to follow others and to follow him. Because the evidence of our hearts is what, it what God looks for when it comes to our salvation. It's not just our words. It's not just professing our faith and then allowing everything to be exactly the same as it was before. What he's saying is that we can't assume anything. Is that we have to know that, that Jesus was the incarnate Word of God. We have to know that Jesus was the Word made flesh. We have to know that through His crucifixion, Jesus took upon Himself all of our sin. And we have to know that through that, Jesus has offered us forgiveness. And we know that the crucified Jesus was resurrected on the third day. And then He says, in addition to knowing that, how has it changed your heart? Because we have to change. We have to change after we've received his grace. We have to change after we've received his forgiveness. We have to change after we've received the life and the assurance that we have in knowing that Jesus Christ died for me. In 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Paul writes that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He also writes to the Romans in 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But the change in our heart is what provides the evidence of the faith that we've professed. It's the change in our heart. And then Jesus goes on by telling a story at the end of, of the Sermon on the Mount about a wise and a foolish builder. He says, like a wise man who, or everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The winds came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So Jesus is building two houses on different foundations. And then he says to hear God's word and to obey his word is to be like the man who builds his home on a foundation of solid rock. And then he compares it to, to hear God's words and choosing to continue living as you were living before is to be like one who builds his home on shifting sand. Because he expects change. He expects us to know the word of God and to do the word of God. So friends, that you and I can be changed by the word of God. change to where Jesus knows us not by just the words that we say but by the way that we live by the way that we think and by the way that we push one another on in this journey of faith that leads us closer to him to where we're a new creation in 2 Corinthians 5 17 Paul writes if anyone is in new, in Christ that person is part of the new creation the old things have gone away and the new things have arrived. And then in the book of James, where James expands on the Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about being doers of the word and not just hearers. Because that's what Jesus is ending the Sermon on the Mount with. is with us evaluating ourselves. The faith that we have and the life that we profess according to God's will and God's plan for our life or according to what we ourselves try to create in our sinfulness. James writes, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the person who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. Amen. If I can invite the ushers to come forward to receive this morning's tithes and offerings, please. And as they're coming, just a reminder to those that are worshiping online with us, you can go to fumcclovis.net. Uh, on that web homepage is a link that takes you to a secure online giving portal if you'd like to participate in your stewardship electronically. Would you bow with me in prayer? Gracious God, we give you thanks today for the words of your son Jesus and for the way that he shows us and tells us how to live. God, we pray that uh, as we offer you our gifts today, that you would bless them and use them for the work and ministry of your church and for your people, so that lives would be changed and hearts would be transformed. For your glory alone. Amen.